Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you so much for joining Michigan Minds. I'm very excited about the guest we have with us today. He researches transgender identity disclosure and presentation on social media. So let's jump in and get started. Can you please introduce yourself to our audience and share a little bit about your role at the University of Michigan? Sure, yeah, thank you so much for having me. So my name is Oliver Hampson and I'm an assistant professor uh, here at the School of Information at University of Michigan. So that means I do uh, research and teaching as well at the university. Can you share a little bit more than what I said originally about the areas that your work focuses? Yeah, absolutely. So my research uh, is broadly focused on understanding how marginalized individuals and communities, so that includes transgender and other LGBTQ plus people, uh, use social technologies. So I'm especially actually interested in uh, times when people's identities and lives are changing. So that's why, you know, this period of gender transition and disclosure is especially important in my research, and then also some of the barriers that people face when they're trying to use technology during these types of life changes. It's immensely interesting. What led you to focus on those areas? Yeah, I mean, I think I've always been really interested in these periods of change in people's lives. So I think often when you're thinking about how technology is designed, like social media sites, things like that, it's often designed for um, more static identities. So like imagining that people kind of come to the site with one identity and that that, that um, persists over time. Um, but as we all know, that's really not you know, how things happen in, in real life, um, especially with more complex identities and more marginalized identities. And so I, I just found that so interesting. Um, and I had a lot of, you know, curiosity and research questions in this area, which led me to this research agenda. And social platforms are so significant in our everyday lives. And I think that even became more pronounced over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic as everyone was remaining in their homes and more isolated from social gatherings. So can you elaborate on the role that social media plays and the importance of sharing identities on social media? One thing we've learned in, in the research that my team has done is that this is a lot more complicated than and I think people realize because it's not just, you know, one social media platform. Most people are on multiple different platforms and often they're presenting their identity differently on different social media sites. And so um, one example from my research, um, I found that a lot of transgender people were using the site Tumblr. It's not really that prominent anymore, but a few years ago, it was a really important space for trans people. Um, but most people also use Facebook. And I was finding that people were presenting identity very, very differently um, and sharing you know, different aspects of themselves on these sites. Um, and more what they were doing is going to this site Tumblr to do kind of more of the identity experimentation um, and exploration. So they would find groups of people who were you know, in, on similar journeys, sharing similar identities and kind of in that community learning how to 
to present themselves in this new way. Um, and it was only after being in those separate spaces for a period of time that people would generally go back to Facebook and do this um, kind of mass disclosure. Some people would do a mass disclosure. Some people would you know, uh, shut down one account and start a new account entirely. And so it was just a very different approach to sharing identities, but both are really important for in, in different ways and for different audiences. So the social media platforms algorithms are talked about a lot and are often criticized for being biased. How does that factor into the work that you do? Yeah, so um, I don't directly study algorithms, but it's something that becomes really unavoidable, I think, when you study social media because it's so pervasive nowadays. And one way that this really factors into my work is around content moderation. So um, one thing I've been focused on a lot is understanding um, when people post things on social media and it gets removed for whatever reason, does that happen more for certain marginalized groups? And you know, what types of content is it that's being removed? And a lot of that is done by algorithms nowadays. Some of it's done by people but sometimes it's done by algorithms and people don't generally know which of those is happening. Um, and so what we found recently is that there are a few groups who do tend to have uh, content removed more often than other groups, even when they're following the rules of the platform. So even if things are completely in line with platform policies and guidelines, uh, they still have content removed. And one of those groups is transgender users. The other one is uh, Black people. And you know, there are different reasons for those two groups. But I think it's really important to understand the ways that sometimes algorithms are, in this case, causing censorship. Um, even things as simple as, like I've had participants talk about their posts that they made disclosing their transgender identity, like on a site like Facebook, and having that removed, even though there was nothing in it that was explicit or offensive or anything like that. Does it ever just happen on like one platform, but another platform leaves their, their post up? All platforms have different rules. Yeah. And, you know, even if um, with algorithms, they should make the same decision every time. But, you know, let's say it was one time sent to a person and another time sent to an algorithm, you might get a very different um, decision, but definitely like one of the reasons people would use a site like Tumblr, and also I think Reddit is this way as well, is like the moderation is very different than on a site like Facebook or um, Instagram even. So are there ways that social media platforms could be designed to be more inclusive and supportive? Yeah, so I think one of the things that I have um, been kind of arguing for through my work is really involving marginalized users in the process of thinking about how technology should be designed. Because typically, you know, in Silicon Valley, if you think about your stereotypical designers, they're usually gonna be, you know, white men, sometimes Asian men, um, usually gonna be cisgender. And they may not have a good conceptualization of what it's like to use those platforms as someone who, who does um, have a more marginalized, identity. And so one way to kind of see past some of those blind spots would be to involve 
people in the design process as much as possible. Um, and so some of my research takes an approach of uh, what we call participatory design, where we bring together a group of, in this case, transgender people and uh, ask them to envision what they would want technology to look like, especially directed at helping to address some of the challenges that they face. Um, and we come up with you know, such creative and innovative um, you know, possibilities for what technology could look like that are very different than what you see on the existing platform. So I really think involving marginalized groups helps to kind of move away from designing for like some average user, which, you know, nobody really is even an average user. You know, everybody has like certain aspects of themselves that are marginalized in some way. And I think uh, hearing from people directly and involving them is so important. With so much of your work focusing on transgender identity disclosure, I want to talk more about why this is a necessary area of emphasis in social media technology and digital information research. Can you share some additional insight? Sure, yeah. So um, I don't know if uh, you've heard of what's called the transgender tipping point. It happened um, around 2014. It was when Laverne Cox was on the cover of Time magazine. Um, and people kind of thought of this as, you know, this real uh, period of time for change where transgender people would now be, you know, visible and recognized and um, that that would necessarily lead to, um, you know, being treated better, basically. Um, well, it turns out that didn't really happen in that way. So we do have huge increases in visibility. But what that's actually led to in a lot of cases is more violence. Um, we have a lot of potential legislation right now that's uh, trying to limit the rights of transgender people. Um, and so when we think about visibility, like I think social media platforms and technology uh, is a really important place where um, trans people can choose to be visible in in the ways that they want to be, or can also choose to not be visible. Um, and so I think it's really important that platforms give people both of those options. So, you know, as much as there are some trans people who want to be influencers and want to have, you know, uh, millions of followers uh, and be able to, you know, be very influential in that way, there are others who just, you know, kind of want to connect with their um, smaller networks of people and, you know, find community and, uh, and have more privacy. And so, and then there's people everywhere in between, of course. And so having both of those goals, both related to visibility, I think is really complicated. And uh, I think it, it's hard to, to get it right on these platforms to make sure that all of these different types of people who face a lot of the same challenges and marginalizations but have such different orientations towards privacy um, are all designed with them in mind. Who needs to understand this information in order to impact change? One audience would be, of course, people who are designing technologies, designing social media sites, but also I think the people in policy teams. Um, there's a lot of this that can be improved for transgender and other marginalized people just by changing policies in some ways. 
I think that, but also I think probably just, you know, the general population um, in order to understand some of the challenges that people are, are facing when um, for some people it ends up being a lot easier to present themselves on social media than for others. And I don't know if everyone realizes that. If you had to boil all of this information into one takeaway for our listeners, what would it be? So I think going back to what I was just saying, so just recognizing that uh, everyone's experience on social media is very different. And when people do have, you know, more complex identities that change over time, it can be very, very difficult um, to present. Um, you know, people always talk about representing yourself authentically on social media. And that's kind of something that a lot of people strive for. But when you are in the midst of a major identity change, it can be really, really difficult to meet those goals of authenticity when you know maybe you have transitioned in some spaces and not others, and some people in your network know and some don't. Um, and so I don't think that's actually inauthentic to present multiple identities. And um, that's something that I wish more people would realize. Thank you so much, Dr. Hainson, for joining Michigan Minds. Thank you so much for the interview and all of these really great questions. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.